Who doesn't like going out and having a glass of wine and celebrating liberty? Well, if you're in Alameda County, don't worry. I have an amazing event for you coming up on Sunday, October 3rd at 1 p.m., the 15th annual Wine and Liberty Celebration at Westover Vineyards Winery, sponsored by the Libertarian Party of Alameda County. Questions, email Elizabeth Stump, LPAC, Vice Chair at vicechair at lpac.us. We can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that are, we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have yeah. been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C level executives to help them future proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that piques interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. <laughs> Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. That's right. Well, happy Monday, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Yeah, we made it. We made it almost halfway through the month already. I know, September, where is time going? I don't know. We're going to have Jeremy Todd here in the show. Thankfully, he's here with us because we're doing another sales and marketing episode, but to- focusing today on sales and part four. Part four of our two months of going through empathy. Jeremy Todd, where is time gone? And welcome back to the program, my friend. Thanks, Brian. Uh, it goes by fast, doesn't it? And and now that football season's here, it's just going to s- speed up even more. We'll be at the Super Bowl before you know it, and it'll be it's 2022. True. I was mad at my Cowboys because I stayed up until, you know, midnight my time to watch them lose on basically by four points. Uh, they lost mm-hmm. by two points, but I say four points because they should have lost by, by nothing because the kicker uh, missed a kick, extra field uh, point and then he extra a field goal. And just what mm-hmm. are we doing? What? You're a kicker. You have one job, but I digress. So, what, by the way, who's your team? Uh, in the NFL, I, I I chose a couple years ago to be a Bears fan. My mom's from Chicago. But okay. my my allegiance lies with the University of Alabama. And so when Jalen Hurts throws that touchdown pass today to Devontae Smith or when I say you're you know, Tua throws sword, to, to – Yeah, yeah I, I'll pull for any of those Bama boys on a team, and there's a lot of them. So, so that, that's pretty good, um, it, which, which leads me to my hot take about your Cowboys. Uh, I I genuinely believe that Amari Cooper is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. You ever watch practice tape of that dude? It is insane. He is on a different level, um, and he's unfortunately pinning on the Cowboys for a while. But <laughs> hey, he's now, the Cowboys and the Raiders, right? Hey, like now, so, Dak Prescott has you, been you never see it. Dak Prescott, despite his his injury last year, he has been playing out yeah, of his been, mind. So yeah. I'm excited. Let's get a, a healthy Let's Dak Prescott. Healthy, yeah. But this isn't the Around the NFL podcast. We're here to talk <laughs> about empathy in sales, Jeremy. So first and yes. foremost, thank you for helping walk us through this journey because this Absolutely. is an area that folks in the and let's just focus on libertarians right now for a hot sec. We are not good at starting out in an empathetic mindset. 
I don't know what it is about the libertarian identity, the philosophy, who the buyer persona is that ends up becoming a libertarian. But there's just something about us being hyper, hyper individualistic and also Mm -hmm. like this rational logic brain focused that we ignore empathy. So I think it's almost like we have to kind of go back to school, start from the building Mm -hmm. blocks and showing how to be kind of a functioning, empathetic person first and then we can start to focus on bringing the philosophy to the person, right? Showing that yeah. the solutions can solve their problems. That That's all stuff down the road. But first, we have to show them that we care about who they are. So today, I know we want to wrap things up well, by talking about the expectancy theory, which well, I know. Yeah, and behavior based. But I can, yes. I can tell you I, what my theory Please. is on why libertarians are this way, right? Oh, you have an answer? I think it's not only the hyper individualism. It's that in order to exist in this world and be such a strong minority, you have to almost be that contrarian person. And contrarians oh. are very comfortable with confrontation and conflict. That's true. That's, That's where they point. live, right? Mm. So we are yeah. contrarians by nature. We are the people who buy, uh, you know, whatever is off trend, whatever we believe is is different. Whatever everybody else is doing, we're going to do the opposite, even if it's worse. Uh, and so that is what contrarian by by nature is. And contrarians are comfortable with confrontation. And so we seek out confrontation rather than conversation. Yep. Oh, man. But if that's not the most true statement I've heard in a long time, because we see this, like you have libertarians, they are on a mission to get in an argument so they can just Mm -hmm. put it, you know, put the skin on the wall. I won. I got my, my victory. It's like, okay, listen, we can go out rationalize out logic people out good idea people to death, but that only gets you to a certain extent. There comes a point where you have to say, okay, well, what's your goal here? Is your goal to be right? Or is your goal to actually move forward with some type of common ground or solution that or at the very least understanding that we don't have to have an agreement right now, but we don't have to hate each other. We don't have to fight. We can just live in in harmony. Let's go into that type of mentality and foster those relationships. So let's go to the the focus of today's episode. And that is expectancy theory. So, Jeremy, yeah, we, we talked from from beginning to end talking about who people are how they get to the decisions that they make, especially through who they are as their lived experiences, their emotional journeys. And today I know we want to focus on really the why of people by, right? The behavior of what makes people tick in terms of making the actual decisions. So let's start off things. What is the expectancy theory and why should we be focusing on it here in sales and politics? Yeah, absolutely. So what we want to look at here with the third, the, the third piece, uh, uh, of empathy is individuals' behaviors, answering the question, why do they do what they do? And expectancy theory is something that I I hope to explore. And if I ever write a book, it will be on some large scale research of expectancy theory. But what expectancy theory is, is it's a business uh, uh, motivational uh, sort of equation uh, process to why do people... uh, have motivation to take action uh, on certain things and then not have motivation to take action on other things. And there's really three parts to the equation. The first part is about effort. So effort really answers the question. So, and we can use your field for this. Uh, I'll do that. Uh, Can I actually pick up a phone and dial numbers and 
talk and, and read this script about uh, cybersecurity. So that's the first. Can I do those things? Do I have the capabilities, the tools, and skills to actually perform the job as expected? So that's effort. The second part is answering the question, well, if I put forward that effort, will it actually lead to the result I want, which is, uh, in your case, scheduling appointments for account executives, right? And so if I make a certain number of calls, does that process actually work to reach the intended goal? And if I believe that it does, uh, then I will be motivated. Just like if I believe I can do something, I, I'm, I'm motivated. The last one is reward, which means, okay, so I can do these things. It will yield the results and outcomes by doing these things. Do the rewards I get for it, uh, are they worth it? Is it worth it to me? Uh, and so this would be your commission structure, uh, your incentives, your, you, you know, your, your daily sort of promotions, whatever. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the like small the KPIs. Well, no, no, no. The, the, like you get a, like a $50 spiff. spiff. Yeah. I, that's it. Yeah. So this is, are my spiffs worth it? Are my uh, commission incentives worth it to actually do the work? If I, perform at a higher level than a lower level doesn't really matter. If the answer to all three of these things is yes, people will be naturally motivated to take action. If the answer to all three of these things or any one of these things is potentially no, their motivation to take action will go down. And that is in essence expectancy theory. Do we believe that if that we can do this, if we do it, does it work? And if it works, do I get a benefit from it? If the answer to all three of those questions is yes, people will be motivated to take action. So let's take this and let's apply it to why we have issues right now, mm -hmm. right? So we see some of the most, I would say, the, the people out there you, you would identify as are, they, they could be the best messengers out there. I think of, mm -hmm. you have your keynote sales speakers who go around the, the mm -hmm. world going to different organizations, teaching how to have influential conversations, not just to you know push a product, but actually to solve problems and build that long-term relationship. We have people out there who are in our buyer persona and vertical that we should be reaching out to, our target market, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not bringing them in because I think they see that the effort will not get them the results Therefore, there mm -hmm. is no reward. So why waste my time yep. with the third party when I can go and I know that either the red team or the blue team is going to win. So mm -hmm. I'm going to make basically a 50-50 bet and yep. tie myself to one of these two teams. And hey, if I get elected, then I can maybe bring a little bit of my, you know, myself to what the role is. But now you all of a sudden have to play politics on the playing field of that party platform that you are part of. So how can we make this greater liber libertarian party better in terms of showing it's not going to be? Mm -hmm. Yes, it might have long-term intense effort up front, but it's going to give you the results and that will give you a long-time reward, in fact, in uh, versus the alternative, which has just been, <laughs> what, 3%, 4%, right. yeah. 2%, I, I, 0.6%. I'm so excited to answer this question. I've wanted to answer this question for months. Okay. So 
the reality, and this is where it fails. And I've I've, I've talked to even Congressman Amash about this that that we need to redefine what these words mean to us. So number one, I think it's very easy to see that in the greater liberty world, we do not have faith in our effort alone. So you look around and you go, wow, the, a lot of these people don't even have the skill set to have effective conversations. And that's why we are doing what we're doing. That's why uh, the Carnegie caucus is starting um, is so that we can bring the skill set to the table to teach people the nuts and bolts of how to be effective at conversations. That's the effort part that we're missing. We, we have never focused on training those skills and it's time that we start. So that's number one. All right. So now we have people with those skills. We go out and we say, okay, you, will you be able to hit your targets? Well, there's another issue. What are the targets? Yep. Um, right. So, so far our target has been, oh, let's get ballot access in 50 States. Let's, Ray X Y Z. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And, and, and here's the thing. What? Right? An uninspiring freaking it's, message it's, it's to, to pretty, get people excited to work for you. Like you, we're going to yes. get ballot access. I'm so right. wow, really exciting. What what else are you going to do? Like it, it, you're going to sign right? petitions. We're going to sign petitions. Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> Those are absolutely not exciting. So this is where uh, a couple different things have to be. Uh, explained and redefined. So number one, this is where getting easy wins locally can give you something to celebrate and create that culture of winning. All right. Small wins beget big wins. Um, and so that that's why working locally is very important and doing these things and, and finding and participating in winning local elections uh, is very important because now you can start. It's kind of like that first game of the year for a lot of football teams. Like when you've got a very young football team, you want them to kind of kick the crap out of a lower level team. Um, and, and this is, this is where we are, oh, right? I, la- we, I laugh because I, my team was so small. We were always that lower level team. So we would travel oh. downstate to like, you know, the greater central New York area. So Syracuse area, and we would play, you know, the, the D one teams essentially relative to our like D 14 <laughs> team. And, uh, it was, it was humbling because you didn't yeah. realize you could get beaten so badly. We've been doing that yeah. as a libertarian party for we have right so what we've got to do is do that to some local elections we've got to go in there with very with with good candidates uh and and win where we can win and we need to put our resources strategically in those places rather than trying to divide those resources okay that's number one so we got to get some little wins then we have to redefine what wins are at our large scale things because again i still believe we should be running presidential campaigns governor campaigns all of those things but we have to redefine what success looks like when we are the team that's getting the crap kicked out of us so if we are the team who's getting the crap kicked out of us and we're showing up in our our in, our performance is measured on if we win or not, it's always going to be a failure. But if our performance is instead measured on making gains, reaching milestones, that's different. So when you went down to play those bigger D1 teams you and you scored, it was like, holy crap. Like, yes, we scored on them. That, we that, could do that this could also be a confidence. Building. One day, maybe again. 
in the future, possibly. Yeah, yeah that's how we felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've got to redefine that. So on a national level, we we have to talk about what 5% in a general election will do for the party. Uh, the Libertarian Party, if you guys don't know, if we reach 5% in a presidential election, a couple things happen. Number one, we receive all of our ballot access issues really kind of go away. We're classified as an official minor party. So for the first time in a very long time, we would have two major parties and one minor party. So 5% is a huge milestone because all the money we invest in uh, ballot access and collecting signatures and doing all these things, guess what? That money is now untied from those activities. And so now we have funds to invest in things like marketing, advertising, candidate recruitment, all of these other things that really make a difference. But we can't, we, if we can't get to 5%, then we have to continue investing so much money in all of these other things. The second oh, thing it does, yeah, but Jeremy, I know, right? But Jeremy, hold on, because this is the objection yeah. you're going to get. So let's block okay. this freaking thing before it even gets tossed. So, but Jeremy, how do we get people to vote for 5% of a, like 5% of, a, of the vote for libertarians? Because it's so hard and it's so difficult because of the obstacles we face now. This is why it goes back to it's so important. It's so important to build that base and to win where we can win. Going back to your original point, mm-hmm. if you have all of a sudden 15 Congress people who are libertarian, the argument of voting for a libertarian party on a national level for president gets a lot easier. So give people more ammunition to make the decision easier on their ha- on their, their part because going into the reason why people want to buy, right? What's going to actually mm-hmm. move them to take the action? Well, if they're going to go vote, for a different party, it is going to take a lot of effort because number one, that's a big change from what they're used to. And number two, they know right. that chances are the person they're going to vote for isn't going to win. So to number two point, are they going to get results? Probably not. But if we can show that there's a chance now that they can start to build up that base and actually get some mm-hmm. results, then the third most important part that now they can see a tangible reward. Now there's a, a yep. definitive like end goal and it's, it's out of it's not out of reach. So, like, if you start a brand new company and you arbitrarily yep. set your expectations that we're going to have fifteen thousand mil or fifteen million dollars in revenue this year, okay, yeah. where where fail. did you get that number and how are yeah. you going to accomplish that? I don't know. We're going to get it though. Okay, yeah, but that, yeah. That, that's great. But if you don't have a concrete way to get there, but also if you don't start to build up the base of like the resources need to get on that way to fifteen million dollars then you're just mm-hmm. going to constantly be having to restart every four years. And Jeremy, we yep. see this every four years. It seems like we have to do a restart at the party. Like we yep. have to like get, get everything back. It's like the engine just starts to slowly die and it takes forever mm-hmm. to get to go again. And by the time we get it going, the election ends. And then it, by the, we start all over by, you know, what yep. the middle of the election season, the next cycle, it, it's, it's an exhausting mm-hmm. and tiresome cycle. It, it really is. It, it's extremely exhausting. And that's why you need to really focus on smaller, more achievable milestones along the way that can be that energizing success. So it's not we came in third in an election. It's we hit 5%. Now we're classified as a minor party for the first time ever. We get FEC funding like the two big parties. We don't have all of these other obstacles that are put in our way. So now our next milestone is let's win a state. Let's go get eight. Imagine this for a second. As close as these two elections have been, uh, Wyoming only carries two electoral votes. Seems seems minor, right? But if we were to say win Wyoming, 
which, by the way, only takes about 80,000 votes to win the state of Wyoming. Where, shout out to Marshall Burt, right? Um, we win Wyoming and get two, and then the other two parties only get 269 and 269. For the first time, we have to send an election to the Senate uh, to be decided. Uh, you want to really get people excited in the two major parties about ranked choice voting? Win, win a state, cause a tie, and let the Senate decide. People will be, the big two parties will all of a sudden be fired up about ranked choice voting, which they will say is, well, we could have ended up getting these libertarian votes in the end. But as we know, people are more likely to vote for us. But anyways, that's that that's a fun strategy, neither here nor there. But the point is, we have to change what we talk about as our targets and our wins. It is okay to pop the champagne in third place if we reach these milestones. And that's exactly what we need to do. Now, the reward comes in in that each one of these milestones then gives us an opportunity to do some different things. So 5% is going to put a whole lot more money in the bank for us, which means we can start running ads on TVs. Shout out to... Uh, Spike Cohen for helping me get people fired up about uh, an anti-mandate ad, but we can actually start doing these things that other parties do. Uh, and that it, in turn is the reward. It's a cycle that can kind of build on itself. And then the reward is, well, maybe we can pull at 15% and get somebody up on stage. We have to redefine what these uh, targets are and then what the rewards and payout are so that we can continue to be motivated to take action. Because if our reward, if our goal is win a major national election and the reward is to pass sweeping reforms that, that, that give us all more liberty, I've got news for you. It's going to be a failure. It's going to be real ugly for a while. And people are going to lose motivation and lose hope. But if we set smaller targets and smaller goals that we can accomplish, now instead of people feeling like we're never going to be able to make a difference, they go, oh, man, we're coming. Look what's happening. You can see the growth. You can see the change. And you can see what's going on. That wasn't a sigh, by the way, of me disagreeing with Jeremy. That's a sigh of, yes, like, please. And and please elect this man to the LNC. Like, good (laughs) God. Because this is the stuff, it's common sense. If, if you come from a business world especially and you just see the, 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 the inability to speak like a normal human being, it's, it, it makes you, your skin crawl a little bit. Yeah. So going back to the reason that Jeremy wanted to do a conversation with you guys on empathy is because this has been one of the biggest issues that we have come across in the greater liberty world. And something we, we frankly we need to address right? because if we didn't get better, if, if we didn't grow, then it was just going to constantly hold us back. And we have this running analogy, this running joke, working with libertarians is like herding cats. It is. Yeah. But like that's that's because we didn't have any sense of what our real obtainable goals are. And because mm-hmm. we've never been able to to get those minor little wins Nobody really has been able to say that works that that yeah. that like it's so scattered that it doesn't really feel like a cohesive movement. So exactly. let's start focusing on those those real tangible wins, Jeremy. And, and let's do this as we wrap up our conversation over eight weeks on empathy. Yeah. What do you want to leave the audience with, Jeremy? Empathy, sales, liberty, politics. Floor is yours. Yeah, let's let's do it all. Um 
so what this will be what 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 I hope you take away from it is number one, I uh, well a, a great story to or, or anecdote to to kind of do it yesterday. Uh, some absolute heroes, by the way, were out in a park that had been watered. By the way, uh, maybe an hour before we showed up, and then we hit 108 that day. So I don't know about you, but. If you remember those fall football practices where it rained earlier in the day and then it got hot in the afternoon, that's what it felt like all day, except it was 108 and uh, no shade uh, except for the one the ones that we created in these tents. And for the end of damn wars rally here in Phoenix, man, shout out to everybody for coming out and and participating. Uh, We had a counter protester. That's what Uh, Lauren said. I talked to her today and she said that you guys had one. Solo one counter protester right. to one, ending one the counter wars. Protester. How does that work? Yep. Can you explain well, that, please? Well, you know, neocons go neocon, man. Um, <laughs> you know, John McCain was allowed to be on this earth for uh, you know seventy as plus your years. Senator, so, as yeah, your senator, as your senator, right? Yeah. Hey, there's a what. What's wild is that our airport here in Phoenix. There's a John McCain terminal, and then right next to it is a Barry Goldwater terminal, and I'm like. Eh. You couldn't be more in stark contrast, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I like flying out of the gold water more. I'll, I'll just say that. So um, anyways, what was interesting shows up with an Afghan flag, says anti-war is pro-genocide, uh, pro-Taliban, obviously has a very different opinion on things than we do. Uh, and I'm I'm really happy to say that the, all the libertarians approached him and, and Lauren will tell you she went to him and was like, hey. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really glad you're here. Can we get Lauren you Lauren did tell me. She said those exact yeah. words. <laughs> he absolutely was mind. Um, that is what empathy can do is because when people are looking for a confrontation and you instead show appreciation to them for being willing to have a conversation, they it, it completely offs their game. And the, then like we talked about last week, reciprocity. So, in conversations with individuals who disagree with you and, and, and the goal in trying to sell them or, or be persuasive, number one, be, be grateful and be curious um, that you have that conversation with them. Always be seeking to understand their whys. So why do they value what they value? What perspective do they see it from? What emotional state are they in? And then why do they feel what they feel? Your goal is to understand why. Just listen, just be curious, always be patient and do not, and this is very important, listen to everything before you are willing to put labels or pass judgment or even offer a solution. Let me give you an anecdote here on um, a company that did this. So there was a pharmaceutical company and a lot of doctors and pharmacists at this company were very frustrated that uh, single moms or, or not single moms, but mothers with type two diabetes were not taking their nightly uh, insulin injections. And they were trying to figure out, you know, how do we get them to take their, their, their insulin injections? So they sent people to observe and the mother is, you know, getting the kids home, getting them to do their homework, cooking dinner, cleaning the house and doing all these things. And they'd say, why aren't you taking your insulin injections? And they would say, well, it's hectic. And so the company would go, oh, well, we can do a solution for that. We can give you an app. We can set a buzzer on the on the uh, packaging, whatever. But that didn't really answer the question why. It may seem like it did, but it didn't. And so they they 
asked a little more and they peeled that onion that, that we talk about so often. And what it really was is that the mothers would come forward and say, when I, because this is type two diabetes we're talking about, when I have to give myself the shot, I feel broken. Please don't make me feel broken in front of my kids. And so the, the real solution wasn't bring more attention to it, which is what their original solution would have done. The real answer was we need to find solutions so she doesn't have to inject in front of her children. And then they went forward with other solutions that helped solve that. And lo and behold, they were able to get mothers to take. It's really going deep and trying to understand why they believe what they believe beyond the surface area. Because when you create that foundation of caring, curiosity, and listening, now you can reach a point where you can reach them. But if you do not, and instead you choose to label them, judge them, and put them in that 10% that will never be reached, make sure you're not putting the other 90% in that 10% who you can never change their mind. Because a lot of people you can, but you have to be willing to, to care about them, find what matters to them, find out their whys. And that is what's most important to take away from empathy. This sets the foundation for persuasion. And I will say one of the, the themes that you just outlined there, I hope people picked up on it, was it wasn't about you. It wasn't about, it's never you. about you. It's not about you. That's right. It's always about mm-hmm. the person you're talking to. And in this case, you have to show that you genuinely care. That is empathy. At the end of the day, showing you genuinely yep. care, not just about the person, but how they got to where they are, who they are based on those lived experiences, those emotional journeys. Jeremy, thank you, my friend, for this entire eight weeks of uh, teaching us about empathy. I know you made me really- think of a pet peeve. Can I get it off my chest first? And, and this do. is just, this is, this is the practical advice for people out there. Do it. Uh, saying, what libertarians believe is blank is not persuasion. It never has been. It never will be. Stop doing it. They do not explain the planks of the platform. Do not explain to them what a libertarian is unless they ask. Instead, listen to what they believe, why they believe it, and speak to these solutions that libertarians offer in the way that they care about it. All right. Don't explain to them what a libertarian is or what libertarians believe. That is stupid. That is frivolous. That is useless. Don't freaking do it. It's one of the worst things we've ever done for marketing. Libertarians believe that. I freaking hate those tweets and social media things. Anyways, that's pet peeve of mine. Nobody gives a crap what libertarians believe. They want to know what you can do for them. I I definitely didn't have a presidential candidate who basically <laughs> responded to the libertarian belief, the libertarian position. As libertarians, we believe <sighs> it's it's yep. frustrating and and to see that that's basically that's been the status quo. Um, Let's change it. But you know what? Here's here's the the bright future. We always try to end the show in a positive direction. We're seeing the conversation change. We're seeing mm-hmm. the way that people are approaching. Just not only the the political process, but looking at how they're just talking to people, it's it's different. Yeah. I'm seeing the the changes in the, the conversations online. Absolutely, I'm seeing how people are approaching as as really solution solutions based sales folks, like trying to go in, enter into the conversations that people are currently having, not trying to to just like go ahead and say, hey, let's talk about my issue. Nobody cares yeah. about your issue. People want to know that you care about them. So thank you, Jeremy, for showing us 
Absolutely. How to care about people. Also, and we're looking forward to this. We have you as our, our one-on-one mentor. So Yoda, Woo-hoo. please strap in sales, Yoda. We are looking forward to a Tuesday and Thursday of this week for your, your sales shorts. But with that being said, folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please do me a sh- uh, favor. Go ahead and share the episode. And of course, when you do, make sure you go ahead and uh, give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty. Jeremy, where can they go ahead and find you if they want to continue the con- conversation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At jtodd601 on Twitter, uh, jtodd4lnc com. There it is. And of course, folks, as always, you click the link, uh, click the artwork that is in the show notes. It will bring you right to the Brian Nichols show page. You can find Jeremy's bio links to his website where you can go ahead, support him and his venture for LNC. Yes, we are looking forward to having a direct path to uh, the uh, the LNC. I'm so excited to have my my evil diabolical plan of taking over the LNC <laughs> slowly <laughs> unfolding before my eyes. No, yes. I, 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 yes, I am evil Emperor Palpatine. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, Jeremy, thank you, my friend. It's always a blast. And uh, with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on our fun-filled sales episode. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Jeremy Todd. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.